Thank you for joining us for episode number 11 of Kansas City Food Memories, where we take a stroll down memory lane and share stories about our favorite restaurants from the 1980s and 90s. My guest today is Jim Eddy of Eddie's Lofenstein. He joins Toby Tobin and myself, Robert Dunsing. And um, it took an interesting turn. We had a guest caller that uh, kind of took over everything as we sat there in awe and listening to her tell stories. But sit back, enjoy, and remember this is a podcast recording of a live radio show. So do not call in or text in when we give those prompts. And if you want to listen to the show live, we're on every Saturday at 10 a.m. on KMBZ 98.1 FM in Kansas City. You can also listen to us um, online at that time if you wanted to. If you want information, sign up at MakeThemSmile.com for the newsletter so you can get updates on what we're going to be doing. But thanks a lot. Sit back and enjoy. Well, good morning, Kansas City, and thank you for sticking around. If you're still listening from the Toby Tobin Show, and if you're new, welcome. This is Kansas City Food Memories. This is going on, I think, um, show number 11 now. We've been doing this. This is where we take a stroll down memory lane and share stories about our favorite restaurants from the 1980s and 90s. I'll bring in various guests. I have a fantastic guest today, the legendary Jim Eddy from Eddie's Loafenstein. We'll talk. We'll get to him in just a few moments. But the phone number today, we'll open up phone lines probably in about another 15, 20 minutes. But that phone number, plug it into your phone, is 913-586-7798. And that's also the text line. So if we bring up something or if you want me to pass on a message to uh, Jim about something, uh, you're welcome to send a text into that. Again, that's 913-586-7798. Now, this is, my name is Robert Dunsing. My wife and I, we own Best Regards Bakery and Cafe in Overland Park. And that's what funds this show, enables us to do it with no commercials. And so if you uh, know us or if you have any stories you want to share, you're welcome to come join me there and we can uh, talk there. And next to me is the legendary Toby Tobin. Good morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, good morning. Yeah, the legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to give us another good story this week? Yeah. All yeah. right. I love your cherry Danish. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that turned out pretty good. <laughs> we're, we're sold out of those. Are you, are you serious? Yes, yeah, we sold out. I made a lot. I mean, How did, quick did you sell out? Um, I think maybe about 45 minutes, about 40 minutes ago. Good grief. Yeah. So it, it's it, it, we will keep that. It'll be back uh, Tuesday through Saturday, and I'll make um, next week. I'll make two hundred. We went through a hundred of them this morning okay. for the first day, with nobody really knowing about it. I yeah, thought that was pretty be plenty. Pretty neat. Yeah. So that'll be good. But that's Toby Tobin, and it's um, we do the show together. It's a lot of fun. We bring up some of the stories, and one memory leads to another, leads mm-hmm. to another, leads to another. Sometimes we stray from the eighties and nineties, but. And somebody asked me, why did we pick the 80s and 90s? And to me, that's the peak of the golden age of the locally owned restaurant. That's right around then is when some of the national chains started taking over and the business changed and lost its charm. Did you have chicken fried steak? I did not. Toby and I were supposed to go get fried chicken on Thursday, and I had to back out on that one. So we'll see if we can do that again this week or next week. But we um, we had the Van Noys on was it two weeks ago, mm-hmm. talking about RCs down in Martin City. That was a lot of fun. Had some people coming back. Last week we had Charlie Keegan, the great reporter, news reporter from Channel 41. Yes, and that was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, He brought a different perspective. He grew up in Kansas City. So for those of you out there and you want to get caught up on some of the things that we've talked about, 
you can catch this show. It's also saved as a podcast. So go to your podcast provider, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you want to go, any place except for Apple Podcasts. I can't get them to cooperate yet. But just look up Can't Save Food Memories, and you can hear any of the past episodes that we've had. If you have friends and family that live throughout the world, they can listen to our podcasts. We have followers Canada, Mexico, most of the states in the United States, Brazil, Taiwan, half of Europe. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's pretty neat. It's a small world, isn't it? It it really is. It is now. And it's um, how many times, Toby, have we had a guest that had direct ties with the other guest or the last week's guest? You know, where they knew each other, went to school with each other, or worked at a restaurant and things like that. But that's the beauty of Kansas City. I'm not sure that this show would work in another market like St. Louis. Everybody knows everybody here. And I imagine we're going to hear a little bit of that today. So if... um, Are are we doing... Where's your favorite fried fried chicken place? Let's see if we can make a whole week without... (laughs) One one hour without talking about fried chicken. (laughs) Because every single week it comes up. And people are getting a kick out of you and I suffering on that. But if you want to keep up with what we're doing and get updates, go to our my website, uh, which is makethemsmile.com, top left-hand corner. Sign up for the email newsletter. I send the email out once or twice a week, give me updates on what we're doing here on the show. If I have something special planned or I need assistance on a specific topic, like Gold's Buffet or something like that or Joe's Barn, if I, if I need help finding somebody at those restaurants, I'll put the call out on the email. So sign up for that there. All right, today's guest is the lead. Uh, uh, restaurants come up quite often was Eddie's Lofenstein. Mm-hmm. And Jim, what did you have to do with that restaurant? Uh, I was the secretary treasurer. They made me <laughs> count the money. Oh well, that's <laughs> that's all right. Dad was president, and my brother was secretary uh, was vice president. But that didn't mean anything. We all made sandwiches and washed dishes and slung hash. Just like everybody else. So uh, when did that start? Who started that? started that in 1965. 1965. And the first one was on the plaza, Country Club Plaza. And And what uh, what kind of food did you have there? We served uh, deli sandwiches. And believe it or not, in 1965, if you look at that brochure I showed you, they were two inches thick. Oh, yeah. 95 cents today they're 20 bucks yeah i mean well the price of beef and meat yeah. is quite a bit higher right now but it uh it was a lot of fun we one had 17 of them before it was over with and uh we had them all over the city and all the shopping centers yeah why the stein did you serve stein beer? of beer okay it was cafeteria style uh if you on that uh, picture you'll see it and we started them off with all our desserts we had our own bake shop so that their tray wouldn't be full when the desserts are normally at the end of the line. We had them at the start of the line, and they look at that beautiful cheesecake and coconut cream pie and things that we made, and they had to have it, so they put it on their tray and got a dessert to start with. Then they hit the salads, then the side items, and then we sliced your sandwiches to order. Had a big Burkle slicer there, and man was slicing away, and we had... Roast beef, corned beef, pastrami, ham, turkey, and uh, Boyle's Meat Company in those days did all of the custom uh, to our recipes, our meat under our label. We had, were large enough to become a distributor, so we okay. were able to uh, have our own recipes with Boyle's. Greatest pastrami, 
pastrami brisket you ever put in your mouth. All right, so Eddie's Loafenstein wasn't the first restaurant or food business in your family, was it? No, my dad uh, and his two brothers, George, Sam, and Ned, my father was Ned, started and built the Plaza Bowl in 1940 on the Country Club Plaza. Okay. Had a tremendous restaurant and cocktail lounge unit. That's how we family got in the restaurant business. And World War II came along and I, a year later, and the government decreed that all over the country, if a city had war plants, which we had here, we made the B-24s down at Fairfax, they closed the General Motors plant, made airplanes there, and then we had Lake City Arsenal and a couple other. Any city that had a war operation, they declared bowling alleys as essential to the war effort and had to stay open 24 hours a day because a second shift in a war plant would come off of work at 11 o'clock in the evening, which was like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and they bowled. That was their recreation. That was their, their afternoons or evenings, okay. if you will. So we stayed open. I was just a kid then, was a little kid. 24 hours a day, the place was fantastic success because of that. I guess you say for every action, there's a reaction. Right. World War II for the bowling operators was a bonanza. Right. And a gentleman came along in 1945 and wanted to buy my dad and his two brothers out. So they sold, they got a handsome price, and started planning the Supper Club at 13th Baltimore. Eddie's, we played every act but Sinatra down there. Each act appeared for two and weeks, for 17 Did you years. meet any celebrities then? I met them all. Who was the Everyone, most famous person you met down there? Oh, Nelson Eddy, for instance. No relation. He okay. played there every year for two weeks. Uh, crew cuts, the four lads, the four aces. Okay. Andy Williams, Stephen Eady, Carmen Cavallaro. I mean, I don't know where to stop. Any local celebrities? Uh, Marilyn May sung down there uh, with Tony DePardo for a while. Oh, sure. Tell so, us about Marilyn May. Oh. Everybody, at that, that her name's come up several times on her show. She, last night, blew the roof off of uh, Carnegie Hall in New York City on her birthday. She sang with the big symphony, and uh, I understand it was a tremendous success. I'm hoping we can find that online. For the listeners who don't know, Marilyn May... Um, it's from, she considers herself from Kansas City, mm -hmm. and she was discovered. I don't know really who, did, we didn't discover her, but she right. worked for, she was an un, really a, just a great band singer in uh -huh. those days. And she's Ralph Gaines at the Colony, a great restaurant on Broadway, the Hotel Ambassador. Yeah. That's where she became famous, famous, famous. Right. And uh, he ran a great restaurant, heck of a nice guy. Yeah. And her husband, Sammy Tucker, was his uh, band that she sang with. You know, Kansas City's produced a lot of great people, yeah. a lot of icons. We'll go with George Brett for baseball, Lynn Dawson, uh, Tommy Watson. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for music, jazz, Marilyn May. Yeah. And then we got an opera singer, Joyce DiDonato. Right. Kansas City hadn't done too bad with oh, no. great well, national what, icons. And what's interesting on Marilyn May is that, so the New York Times did an article on her last week. I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw that. Mm -hmm. But it was a wonderful article. She talked about Kansas City and her career and the changes and, and the way she progressed on that and what it meant to her. And, and one of the things on there, people from Kansas City, if you didn't know her from a long time ago, it's like every... 10 to 20 years, a whole new generation learns about her. And mm -hmm. a lot of us, I, I didn't move to Kansas City until 86, but mm -hmm. I found out pretty quick because of Mike Murphy. 
Sure. Oh, my, Mike, the, my gosh. Oh, he was, I'd listen to him every day. I traveled four states, but I could always get the station he was on. But he talked about her all the time because her claim to fame back then was she was on the uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson more often than any other any artist. Any other entertainer. And I knew it was a lot, but the New York Times article said she was on the Tonight Show 76 times. Unbelievable. Yeah. Murphy, what a guy. Oh, yeah. I he, mean, he was yeah, Mr. Kansas City. He was, and I yep. can tell you. He and Dan Hogarty at Hogarty's up the street from mm-hmm. our place at 12th in Baltimore. Hogarty's was. That's where the St. Patrick's Day parade oh, yeah. started, right then and there. Yeah, I, I wish he were still around. I'd have him on my show in a heartbeat. He was a great Just, man. I mean, he could tell the story. He knew everybody. I remember um, learning all about Marilyn May, and I don't, for, at my age at the time, coming to Kansas City, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when we were in the Popeye's business, Across the street here, I used to run him chicken over. Oh, really? <laughs> to the studio. Oh, that's funny. He was he loved Popeye. Anyway, I miss that guy. Oh I yeah, miss him a lot. Oh, you know what I mean? But that's I mean his personality and the way he loved Kansas City and showcased everybody here. I mean, is the essence. That's the spirit of what Kansas City is. It truly is. And I think that's why a lot of of my um, our listeners to this show are enjoying because we're revisiting those days. Yeah. Well, everything changes, and I hope for the better. Got a new quarterback coming up, Pat Mahomes. Oh, he'll, yeah. He'll jump in there where oh, yeah. Lenny left off. So, you know, time marches on. Yeah. So um, how long uh, did the Eddie Lofensteins last? We were 1965 until 1981. Okay. And... uh a miracle happened. Interest rates were twenty one percent. Yeah, the world was coming to an end. Yep. And uh, I've heard that from a couple that, couple at that different particular time. The phone rang on a Friday, and uh, Sherman Dreisenson and Frank Morgan were our landlords in most of our Lofenstein operations. And they said, "We got a buyer for your company. You guys have paid your rent, and I don't know how you did it, but you stayed open. Everyone else went busted." He said, but this guy wants you. You're not going to get a lot of money, but you get off of all these long-term leases and you yeah. can walk. Sherman, I think we love you. And that afternoon, <laughs> we made the deal. The phone rang, and it was Jack Stedman. The same day, it's divine providence or something. Right. He said, would you guys like to come and take over the operations, everything but the concessions at Arrowhead Stadium? He said, we've been trying to run it for 10 years ourselves. And we don't know a doggone thing about it. We've messed it all up. And that was the birth of Eddie's Catering. It, well, we're already in the catering okay. business, but that expanded it uh, tremendously. And we had 14 years out there with the Chiefs, and it was, I can't tell you how wonderful it was. Well, I remember with um, with best regards, the our business, we ran in and worked with um, Eddie's Catering um, down to Bartle Hall and things oh, yeah, like that. We were back there in for the, 20 years at Bartle. Yeah, back in the 90s, that's mm-hmm. where we ran into, you guys, class act. Took care of everybody. I mean, just great reputation. Well, thank you. It, uh, it's been a great run. You know, the restaurant business, got many great colleagues in it, and there's an old saying in our business, if you take one idea, it's stealing, but if you take ten, it's research. <laughs> so we're really the research industry, the restaurateurs, but we'll take a someone else's idea and try and improve on it right and they copy and we all copy you know well but that's the competition which makes yeah. life great makes better business and uh when someone says they don't like their competitors i think they're nuts i loved our competitors oh. it makes uh, us all better oh 
Absolutely. Competition is the essence of the free enterprise system. If you have a restaurant of any kind and there's no competition for you in that niche that you're doing, you're never going to make any money. You become a dictator, and that's yeah. no, no. then you're going to crash and burn. Well, let me ask you this, Jim. It, the, so thinking back to the 80s and 90s, is there a particular restaurant that you miss as a consumer? Gee whiz, there's so many that have closed. Yeah. Uh, if, you could, if you could bring one, go back to one of those, who would you go back to? For fine dining, gosh, there was Putch's 210 on the plaza, which was a phenomenal restaurant. Mm-hmm. Chad Putch and his group did wonders in Kansas City. Britain's downtown was great. Uh, it's gone. Italian Gardens is gone now. Mm, yeah. All those places. Uh, I could think of a jillion more yeah. <laughs> if I sit here and try and yeah. remember. I miss all of our places, but... Uh, you know, times changed, and we got old. I was 58 years in the business. Decided 10 years ago. So you started when you were at two, three years old? <laughs> no, I was <laughs> about 15 at the time, uh, 85 today, working on 86th birthday. So are you getting ready to open another restaurant? Not today. Yeah. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> that was for long sure. enough for you. I don't blame you. Yeah. It's hard but it was get... a great it – was, it was fun, and I miss it. I really do. And uh, I – have great compassion for the people in it today because help has been hard to get after the COVID thing, but now it's really returning to normal. And you look at restaurants today, like you go to the Bristol out here in, in Leewood, they never disappoint you. It is a yeah. phenomenal place. The food is exceptional. There's so many good restaurants today. Uh, and there's a great career out there for people if they want to stay in it, and they yeah. can make a lot of money. They can make a lot of money. Well, you know, it's interesting. The Bristol, one of the um, Gilbert Robinson mm-hmm. concepts, and, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the national chains kind of ruining the whole industry, but Gilbert Robinson, they brought a level of professionalism to restaurants, and they were big on creating systems. Oh, my gosh. Paul Robinson was the idea guy. Yeah. And he was a genius. Uh, Joe and Bill were the... Uh, working parts. They handled the food, the end of it, and so forth. And Paul went all over the world getting artifacts and ideas and crazy things. When they opened the first hula hands on the plaza, everyone thought they were nuts, but turned into be a tremendous success. Yeah. Tremendous and, success. And we're going to do a whole bunch of shows, uh, about half a dozen shows on that in the next two months, mm-hmm. um, laying out kind of the who Gilbert Robinson was, the the role and history of the restaurants mm-hmm. in the United States, not just here in Kansas City. Maybe you can look up. I'm sure they're still around. There are number two two guys that ran it uh, for many years under Jill, Bill, and Paul. Ken Hill or Dick May, two great restaurateurs. I'm sure they're retired now, but Ken and Dick were geniuses. Yeah. Tremendous. But I've been doing a lot of research and talking to, I think I'm talking about 20 different people right now, mm-hmm. you know, on different things that um, that they did in the industry. And, and the toughest thing for me to decide is where am I going to start? Yeah. You know, to tell that story, to do them justice. All right. So I want to open up the phone lines for people. So our phone telephone number is 913-586-7798. If you have a question for Jim or if you want to share a wonderful story of Eddie's Lofenstein or Eddie's Catering Indirect, just kind of let us know what, um, how much you appreciate what they did. Because we've had a few people. We had Ed Holland on here. We had uh, John Francis on. And it was real. And, and um, uh, David Van Noy a couple weeks ago. And 
it's they were always shocked and moved by how many people still remember major events they had at those restaurants. Those three guys are two super guys. And and I hope you understand that how much of a role you played in people's lives and how much th- th- they loved your restaurants. I mean, Toby, how many times have we had people bring up Eddie's Loafenstein over over the last couple months? Not more than a couple thousand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know it, it's Sometimes we, we are so close to what we do on the restaurants that we don't understand the impact we have. You know, you're busy trying to survive and take care of your employees who are like family and mm-hmm. and take care of your customers, but you don't know if they remember you. The greatest thing can happen to a restaurateur is when a customer says, thank you, it was wonderful. Yeah. Makes everything perfect. I mean, that's that's what you're there for. That's what anyone is in business for to hope they please the customer and if you don't please the customer you should go up to him and say we failed to meet your expectations and we're not in business to make you upset tell me what i can do to fix it and that's what you got to do well um what's interesting that that article in the new york times um about marilyn may there was she was uh, counseling or teaching some some other singers Mm -hmm. and one of the young ladies went up to uh, a person and says i'm glad you enjoyed my show and Marilyn May stopped her and says, no, you're presuming he enjoyed your show. That's presumptuous of you. Mm-hmm. You should thank him for coming to your show and then hope that you t- that you- he actually enjoyed it. Yeah, he'll mean, tell you. Yeah. If he you did, know. if he didn't, he'd keep his mouth shut. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what's, what's interesting to me is that her attitude on that is exactly what successful restaurants do. Yeah, you, you can't take people for granted. No. You know, you have to care and you have to try to foresee every single step, everything that they want to do or want want out of the process and try to take care of their needs. What I wish the public would do real quick is when a new restaurant opens, give it some time. Yeah. It, they can't be perfect for the first month yeah. or two. Their waiters are trying to figure out, do I turn right? Do I turn left? What's the fastest way? Where's the fork? Where's the knife? It's learning. It's like if you're moving to a new home, you got to get used to yep. it. Give the restaurant a chance before you go tell everyone that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Right. Give them a break. Say yeah. nice things. If they can't make it after two months, then they're in the wrong business. Right. Yeah, you know, you don't want to wait three months before you go there the first time. Yes. I'd, I'll go early on and just kind of see how they're doing. And sometimes I'll talk to them, give them words of encouragement. Sure. But, you know, when you go to somebody, or it could be an existing restaurant doing brand new, some kind of a new service. Yes. You know, which like for us, you know, we expanded to breakfast two weeks ago, you know, but the customers that came in that were patient with us and understand it's like opening a new restaurant. It is. It's a learning curve. You, know, you haven't yep. done it before and yep. you know what you're doing, yeah. but you got to make it work. And yep. all the people. Absolutely. All the moving parts have to be in. Yeah. You know, so, with one another. Yep. So you bring up a good point. So if you see a, a new restaurant opening, go in, give them words of encouragement, go in with absolutely no expectations and yep. just know it's. You know, it's like when you move to a brand new house. Nothing's in the right place. You don't know what everything's doing. But, you know, show a little grace and appreciate for what they're doing because they're risking everything they got to pursue this dream. That's right. And they didn't risk to fail. No, no. So. Good. So um, we got some um, texts on here. Loved it in the 70s. Uh, uh, Somebody texted and said they had their very first ham and Swiss on onion roll at your place. Yeah. New York Bakery, Manuel Becker, the original New York Uh Bakery on Truth. Made all our onion rolls. All right. They were fantastic. Do you have a caller, Toby? We have some callers, yes. Good morning, Anthony. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. 
Hello? Hello, yes. Anthony. What you got? Hi there. I, I, I remember Eddie's down on uh, Main Street, about 10th Street. 1024 uh, Main. Yeah. I uh, started a job back in the early 70s, and I was too young to drink. <laughs> but uh, I... I loved I love the onion rolls and the sandwiches. It seemed to me like when you made a sandwich like that, you had some sort of a steamer or something that uh, steamed up the sandwich and melted the cheese. Yeah, we uh, uh, it was called a freshomatic, and we used that on uh, the Rubens, and yeah. we used it after we grilled the Reuben, and then we also used it on pastrami sandwiches. Yeah. And when I turned 21, uh, I think Eddie's was the first place I I got a beer. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> I always always went in there and and, and uh, envied the people that were sitting there drinking a beer and, yeah. and eating eating that good food. I remember when Budweiser came out with dark beer and they they put the the dry, uh, barrels of dark beer in, and people just went crazy over it. But a long time ago. The, the, did you have a location over there uh, off of Twelfth Street or somewhere too? Uh, no, we were at we had two of them downtown, ten oh six Walnut and ten twenty four Main in the Macy Building. Okay, okay. Well, Anthony, well, you know, I loved it, and that that was my go to place. Wonderful, thank right. you. Well, well, Anthony, a quick question for you. So this was many many years ago, and you specifically remember the onion rolls that they used on their sandwiches. Oh, that was the first time I ever had an onion roll, and uh, I mean, I was I was eighteen, nineteen years old, and and uh, I never I'd never had one of those, and it, it just it made the sandwich. Huh? Now, uh, it absolutely made the sandwich, and with that steam, that steamed hot, warm cheese and everything, yeah, it was it was perfect. All right. Well, thank you, um, Anthony. Thank you for calling in. Quick question, Jim. So, did you bake that roll, or did you no, get that from were, New York Bakery? They, New York Bakery made them for us and delivered them every day. Was that was it special because it was amazing, or is it the first of its kind? You know, I can't answer that question. Uh, but he he was a uh, had a little deli there, but he was mostly New York Bakery was originally just bakery. Goods. Okay. And uh, well, we're going to have the family from New York Bakery on the show sometime in the next. Four yeah, or five weeks. Own it now, yeah. Jim. You might want to yeah. get that recipe. Yeah, well, I want to ask him and about have it. a sandwich yeah. like that. Okay. I'd love, okay. Good Go talk with Roger. Good morning, Roger. Welcome to Kansas City Food Memories. Hey, Jim. It's Roger Pujo. Roger, when are we <laughs> going to get together and have dinner or lunch? Uh, we'll do it next week. I'll give you a call. I, I got your number. All uh, right. I, I'm looking I, I, forward I got... to it. And I don't have any plumbing problems today. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm glad of that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I tell you, some of the best sandwiches I ever had was at your mom's and dad's house. Oh, Whenever boy. I'd I'd call and say, "Hey, I'm on my way," and your mom would say, "What do you want to eat?" <laughs> and uh, she says, "Aren't aren't you hungry?" And she'd make me a sandwich, and I had some of the best sandwiches by your mom right there on Wanonga that oh, I ever heart. had. Let yeah. me tell you what, I I always remember Roger and Arlie, your dad, bless rest his soul, coming into the Prairie Village restaurant and all the fun we used to have. My gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so much fun. And our little, oh, remember yeah. our dinner club? 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. <laughs> Every month we'd go to a different restaurant. Yeah. There was, I think there was 10, oh, I, there was probably five or six, maybe 10 couples. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah, tell you that what, was a, when we named you Roger the Plumber, it stuck. <laughs> I see yeah. your trucks all over the city. <laughs> Still going yeah. strong. Yeah. Well, you know, another place that hasn't been mentioned, I think it was your uncle's place, was Chateau Labouf. Oh, down at the Prom Sheridan. Yes, our yeah. cousin, Uncle George and his sons had the operations at the Prom Sheridan, and they put in, uh, besides the beautiful coffee shop down there, the Chateau Labouf, and it was a first-class, drop-dead gorgeous steakhouse. And it was, yes. it was there right. for years, 7th and Main. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was as good as you could get, and the service was just the best, well, and it was in a great location. Cousin Leroy ran that operation, and after the new airport opened, the prom Sheraton and all the other, the Hilton up on the observation all right. by the River Club, they all closed because everyone started staying out by the new airport. All right, well, I hate yeah. to interrupt old home week. Uh, but um, I have a new caller coming in that I want to bring in. Okay. Who am I doing? All right. See you guys. All right. I'll talk to you right. next Hope week. to see you soon, Roger. You bet. All right. Thank you. All right. So we have a, a new caller in here. Uh, what is your name again? Well, I was... I hope I have the right. Oh, to... you do. Marilyn, this is Robert, the host of the show. And I have Jim Eddy here <laughs> sitting in front of me. He has Good. no idea well, that you're calling in. Is that oh, Marilyn well, May? It is Marilyn May. <laughs> Bless your heart. You know, I was talking to Dick Alamba about you last night, and we said oh, you were but... celebrating at Carnegie Hall. Well, I was I was singing at, at, at Carnegie Hall. I was doing my concert with the New York Pops Orchestra. There were 80 musicians and and a conductor and Marilyn May on stage at Carnegie Hall for two hours. <laughs> Bless you. I saw you on Facebook this morning receiving the big bouquet of flowers. Oh, what, really? Did somebody post that? I, they I did. Haven't seen they it. did. You had a blue scarf on and uh, you had on a pantsuit outfit. Now, did I see you or didn't I? <laughs> well, yeah, I was so glad that we had, uh, we had a packed house of 3,000 people. Wow. And... Uh, and it was um, it's Carnegie Hall. Have you ever been to Carnegie Hall? Yes. Matter of fact, I was there about two months ago with two of my daughters. We took a little weekend trip to New York City. Well, it's lovely. It was a lovely, lovely evening, and lovely people from all over the country. People people came from from Houston and from Los Angeles and from um, Florida. And uh, it, it was just magnificent. We we had a wonderful time. Well, well, Miss May, this is Robert um, uh, with the show. I wanted. I, I hope you understand how well loved and much revered and well talked about you still are here in Kansas City. <laughs> well, I'm 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 so glad. I I uh, I haven't worked there very much. I'm I'm mostly in New York these days, you know. And for the last seventeen years, I've been working in in New York, and. Um, but I, but I, but I love that you were talking about Eddie's, Eddie's restaurant on on Baltimore, and uh, I, I was uh, I was the singer there when I was for about a year, and during that time I was pregnant with Christy, <laughs> with my daughter. I, I, uh, I was I was a, 
a singer with, with the band with Tony DeBardo. Do you remember those days? Do I remember them? My gosh. Marilyn, remember every Christmas Eve at Brother Ned's house? All the parties that you attended with Christy? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Tony yes, and Ann DePardo. Oh, yes. Yes. It was so much fun with... Yeah, we always had we always had fun with Ned. Oh, yeah. With Ned and... and uh, and you mentioned, who'd you just mention? Dick Galamba. Oh, with Darling Dick, yes. <laughs> yep. To talk to him last night. He's doing fine. Well, Marilyn, is he, what... Is he there in Kansas City? He's still here, you bet. <clears throat> we we had a great, great, big, wonderful tribute party for him. Oh. Uh, when, on, on, on his on birthday, his... I can't remember which birthday, but... I think it was in 70. Down to the down down at the airport. Yeah, um, under the big Constellation airplane. It was. You're right. You're right. Yes, with a big band, with Tony DeParto's band. Mm -hmm. Golly, you got a great memory. I remember it. Well, I'm glad <clears throat> you do because you were singing. I wrote. I wrote uh, all kinds of material for him. That's right. You know, and 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 had his. I worked with his grandchildren, mm -hmm. and they 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 had a. a, a a spot in the show they sang and they were adorable so it was great fun great times well Marilyn um, do you have any restaurants that you specifically remember or miss from back here in Kansas City well yeah uh, the um, the one in particular was on on Broadway and and I sang there for 11 years <laughs> the colony great called, restaurant that's right <laughs> at the colony and and uh, uh, the owner, tell me the owner's name. Ralph Gaines. And you knew it. Good, good. Ralph Gaines. And during that time, I was doing uh, the Steve Allen show. I would fly out to Los Angeles and and do the television show, the Steve Allen show with him, and then fly back and go. We we worked five nights a week for literally eleven years, except in summertime. Then we would. When Christy was out of school, then we would we would uh, go to Las Vegas and Lake Tahoe, and work the clubs there, and then in the fall we would come back to Kansas City and and um, and perform for for um, you know for the people in that wonderful club. There was a, a, a like a wonderful little room in front. You would walk into the door, and um, and there would be this place that could seat about fifty people. And we sang there for four hours a night for 11 years. <laughs> well, Marilyn, I, I need to ask you, a, I want to ask you a question. This is for selfish reasons. I moved to Kansas City in 86, and before I came here, I didn't know who you were, but I fell in love with you because of Mike Murphy. He would have you on his show all the time, telling the I stories Mike about Murphy. Yep, telling stories about you being on Johnny Carson all the time. How did you get on Johnny Carson 76 different times? I sang good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a fact. Well, I was really a good singer. <laughs> what, what, what was Johnny Carson like? He was a doll. He was wonderful and very, very, very cognizant of of um, performing and uh, you know of, of of how you performed and and um, he 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 loved me. He was he was really a. a he he would turn, you know. He would sit at the desk, and the minute I would walk out to sing my, my I was sang two songs, 
and uh, he would turn his his chair clear around and face me, you know, so that he could see he wouldn't he wouldn't honor the other guests. I mean, normally people when when somebody's singing they they start talking to the guests or something, you know, mm-hmm. that are sitting on the on the sofa. He never did that. Never. He always oh. always turned, and then he would turn to the camera after after my performance, and he would say, "And there, young singers, is the way it's done." <laughs> that that that's amazing. I read your article, um, uh, the article about you in the New York Times last week, and it was talking about how you mentor young singers, and just some of yes. the stories that you told in that article just touched me, and is just you're there were, in one article one part in there one of your students said something thanked a customer for enjoying her show yeah and i i told him no you don't know whether they enjoyed the show or not just just thank them for being there yep you know you, you, that that's the main thing is that they came they came to be there and 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 they uh, were you know were so so um you know, there's a way. I always say you work to the audience, not for them. You work to them. Yep. And you know, you you face them, and and you look at their faces, and you you don't close your eyes when you sing. That's singing for yourself. You 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 look at people in the eye, just like conversation, lyrics to a song or conversation. You know. So you you have to, uh, um, you know, you have to honor the fact that they're singing wonderful stories and those stories all those lyrics are our conversation and they 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 need to look at the audience and honor the audience and 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 uh you don't you know they're, they're you know the audience is given their time and their money and they're and they and they want to have a good time and you've got to honor the fact that they are there they've come to hear you and that's that's a, that's a great gift that the audience is giving you Ab- absolutely, so, and every one of us who owns a business of any kind need to take those words of wisdom to heart. Well, the you know these days you'll see television and and people sing on the American Idol and those kinds of shows, and and they they are just their eyes are closed and they're just relishing the, their sounds, and that and I understand you know they're young and they're performers and and that's a great great idea. Great thing that they that they are appearing on television, but but uh, you really got to the audience is the is the star. You're not the star. Mm. <laughs> so you so you you know it's just a matter of of conversation. The lyrics. It's a wonderful story that you have to tell in that great American songbook, and and all those songs that have lyrics that, that have a story. So you've got to convey that story to them. You're not singing for yourself. And and uh, you know when they close their eyes, I always think, you know, they're relishing their own thought, and and uh, and then people scream, you know, the audience screams when they when they hit a high note. But but I think you've got to honor the fact that that if you want to be in this business, the customer is the important thing. I think it's probably like a restaurant, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Jim and I, I were talking to... about that before the show started. Marilyn, yeah. you hit it right on the head. That's why you're still singing at your beautiful age and you're because the customer or your audience that's the without them who are you singing for? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And uh, now we go we'll be at, 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 a, at a wonderful club called 54 below. It's a beautiful club that seats about 140 people here in New York and 
we go there for my birthday. You always, I've played it for the last 10 years on my birthday and uh, for several other nights. So we'll be there 8, 9, 10 of, uh, of, of April. And then, and then um, in May, we go back in there for, for seven nights. And um, uh, the 23rd, I think it's the 23rd of April. And um, so they will be appearing at the, at the 54 Below. You know, we do Birdland here in New York. Mm-hmm. The wonder, and the Jazz at Lincoln Center will be, will be there in May. Of Jazz at Lincoln Center for the, um, no, April, April 19, um, for their big gala. They have a great big gala. Well, Marilyn, next time you're in Kansas City, please have your manager uh, let us know when you're in. If you're here on a Saturday, you have an open seat and microphone <laughs> here that you can talk to all your fans. Take any questions you, you want here on my show. That would be great. What do you what What do you serve on Saturday? I'll, I'll serve you're, anything you want on Saturday. He's got a, a great restaurant. restaurant. I'll, I'll I'll bring anything you ask for. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, I know how to serve royalty. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, but uh, you're you're much loved here. We we all miss you. We cherish the Thank stories. You. Well, well, you know, they, there are so many clubs that have closed there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's not it's not as plentiful as far as clubs are concerned. Um, there's a lovely theater that I used to go to um, down downtown, and um, uh, and now the manager of that theater wound up uh, managing. Um, the Folly Theater. Okay. And uh, and I know we love the Folly Theater. Well, you know, the but... the doors may be closed, the lights may be out, but we can keep their memories alive by sharing stories of experience we've had at those places. At those restaurants? Yep. Well, we we um, worked on Broadway at, uh, oh, dear, oh, well, I can't tell you, or in the plaza, so many, oh, Jardines. Oh, we yeah. We worked Jardines. Up that that door is closed. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had a wonderful time there. The mayor did a proclamation here in New York that uh, uh, March 24th was was the Maryland May Day. And I said, that's so amazing, because I think the mayor of Kansas City gave me a day, too. (laughs) So so we were thrilled that that, uh, New York City last night, he read the proclamation on stage. Well, do you know, is is your show going to be streamed online? No, no, they they don't do that at Carnegie. That's why so oh. many people flew in. That's the main reason why so many people flew in. They 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 knew that it, that if they, they they wouldn't be able to see it if they didn't come. Oh, that's too bad. And, I was uh, hoping us little people would be able, be able to see your show. Well, it would be it would have been fun. What but, was it like uh, singing with an eighty piece orchestra? It was well fantastic. We, you know, we did with with the Kansas City Pops. Um, and, oh gosh, what's the theater downtown? You were at uh, Kaufman. At Kaufman Center. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, oh, it's it's wonderful. And the musicians are all so good. You know, they're just fabulous with the violins and the and all the horns and, and the percussion. It's just fantastic. And the, the conductor here is, is has been part of the New York Pops for the last uh, eight, nine years, I think. And he's he's magnificent. So, uh, but the audience was, it was, it was, a, it was just a, a love fest, and the orchestra told me they they had never never seen a standing ovation when the when the when the when the the star of the show walked on, and uh, the whole audience did did give me a standing ovation when, when I walked on. So it was really quite quite 
quite uh, kind of uh, out of body experience. <laughs> it was so incredible. That's with just, all those people. That's just so amazing. You know Warren Buffett. You, you've heard of Warren Buffett. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. heard of him. He was there. <laughs> wow. He flew, mm-hmm. he, he, he flew in and and uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell, you know, and and uh, oh dear, the the um, the well, it was just it was just incredible. Just you know, there were many stars, Broadway show stars in the audience, and so it was really kind of a kind of a, a happening. <laughs> Well, um, any last message you want to give to your many fans that are here in Kansas City that will be listening or following on the I podcast? I, I, I hope that I see you all very soon. I um, uh, I, I hope that there will be a, a performance of me planned, and uh, and you'll come and we'll and we'll talk and have a good time. Well, <laughs> um, as soon as you get details, have your manager forward it on to me, and we'll scream it from the the rooftops to everybody. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. That'll be fun. I would I would love to come back. I haven't been there for several years now and I mean performing. I I come home, you know, and I come home often, but right. Uh back and forth and and uh, so Bob Mackey, you you know that name. He Yep. I, I I flew to Palm Springs. He lives in Palm Springs and he he gifted me with a with a whole new fantastic uh, costume, you know, for for last night. Yeah, and uh, he designed the whole thing, so that was fun. But, but I, um, I come, I come in and out of Kansas City, and then I go somewhere else to sing. It's time that I sing in Kansas City. That's yes, for sure. absolutely. <laughs> well, let's let's make it happen. And I have to thank you. I am honored and flattered that you blessed us with thank your you presence so much. today. Oh, thank you. Luck, have fun and and and. Uh, Everybody, um, click your passes and enjoy your food. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Marilyn. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Well, how was that, Jim? Unbelievable. She is the icon singer of our town. And she wanted to call in and say hello to you. Fantastic. I'm I'm flattered. I said, that's got to rock your world just a little tiny bit. It really did. It really did. I mean, how long ago do you remember? How little were you when you first met her and... I was probably 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. She's phenomenal. She's just, when when she sings, you listen. She yeah. sell, she's like Sinatra. She sells the song. Yeah. She's an incredible way of doing it. And she's always got eye, eye contact with people on on ringside or the front row and you're watching them. And right. You know, and just the the way she was talking about Johnny Carson and her, and her interactions with him. And, I mean, he was, that was the last of the great evening talk shows. That's for I sure. Agree. I mean, it was just, I mean, he was he was kind. He was considerate. He was able to be funny without being cruel to people, you know. Yeah. And it's just, and you could always tell the people that he really, really cared about. Yeah. Steve Allen was a good one also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the guy that made uh, Steve and Edie. And Andy Williams, mm-hmm. and they all played Eddie's three or four times each for two weeks each time. And the greatest thing in the world, Steve would say, "Where are you going next week?" And Andy Williams would say, "Or we're going to Eddie's in Kansas City." And they put us on the map. Yeah, the Steve Allen show. All the acts that uh, were booked in there, if they were on the Steve Allen show, we always got a plug. Yeah, and boy, I tell you what, <laughs> it really helped. Yeah, it really helped. Yeah, you know, for the 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 listeners out there, hope you uh, um, 
um, understand, appreciate our or indul- our indulgence here and being able to speak when and hear from Marilyn May. And it's a little bit slight departure from some of the restaurant talk that we have, but we've got plenty of time for that. And uh, to me, that's a being able to carry on a conversation with her and hear her stories is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Quite a lady. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you go back and read that article and do some research on it. And it's amazing what she's accomplished. And it's not just her doing it on her own and thinking that um, she did it in isolation. I mean, she shares the lessons she's learned. And it's um, she's mentoring a lot of singers. Yeah. She has these, I see them online all the time, master classes. Oh, does with, she? Yeah, with okay. these young singers, teaching them how to sing jazz. Yeah. And she's she's just unbelievable. Good. All right, Jim. Well, uh, we still have a little bit of time. What are a couple of restaurants that you think we need to bring into focus that deserves a little bit of attention, a little bit of an encore from our audience? Today? Today's market? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that from, from the 80s and 90s. Oh, from the 80s and you know, 90s. Somebody that, that we need to remember. Oh, gosh. Remember Breton's downtown? Yeah. And the Putch's operations? You know, uh, the Putch, would they have two or three different restaurants? They had... The cafeteria, right. which was second to none. The Butch's Coffee House on the plaza. Oh, my gosh. It was a fabulous place. I remember, never forget when they opened that place. It was open all 24 hours. And a nickel for a cup of coffee, and they kept yeah. refilling it. Yeah. But it was right on the corner of uh, 47th and Broadway. And what's that high-tech... Uh, name Are, escapes yeah. me. Are there any family members... That maybe grew up in that, that might be around that you can help me find? One of the, there's a, I think a Putsch daughter and a Putsch son, they're not in the business, but they're here, and every now and then you hear about them doing something or other. Great family. Okay. Putsch is, hmm. Okay, well, you and I, we need need to talk, because I'd like, I'd love to bring somebody in from the family, and that um, a few weeks ago we had uh, John Francis on. Oh, yeah. he, what a guy. I mean, that was, I mean, uh, he talked about, because it was his dad and grandpa that opened the restaurant. But he said he worked there from when he was seven years old. The great, they, Overland Park, uh, my gosh. Yeah. Was, they were the landmark. Yeah. The and what was, what, what's, what was crazy about that, they closed before I moved to Kansas City, and I was fascinated by that entire hour hearing those stories and things like that. Yep. They were great operators. So, Jim, help me find some places, some people like that. That oh, another another chain that closed was Wade's. Okay, yeah, Bob. When you had uh... was that? Were they local? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, again, the name escapes me. He he was on your show. You mentioned a couple when you mentioned. Francis. Oh, um, yeah, um, um, Ed Holland. No, that was uh, uh, EBT. Okay, who else did we have? That had ties to Wade's. I can't think. Okay, of well, Bob's, we'll look into that. Bob's right hand man. Okay. Oh shoot! He, he right. One, missing one arm. Yeah. So okay. I, oh, for right. me, you need to get a few recipes from him <laughs> for sandwiches. Well, the 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 hard thing about that, you know, people miss your sandwiches. They miss the sandwiches from New York uh, Bakery and Delicatessen. Mm-hmm. But you know, from the classic Jewish bakeries. But that's just not that that's not possible anymore. No. I mean, the price of meat. I mean, back then, you know, the gosh, you could get brisket or something like that for probably 25, 30 cents a pound, you know, and so you could pile it up like that. But yeah. nowadays, I mean, you're, you're for decent brisket, you're looking at like eight, eight fifty a pound. At least, at least. You know, it, and, uh, 
it's a doggone shame. I hope uh, prices will well, seem to be coming back down again. Yeah. And uh, gasoline's down again. So maybe we'll be, get back on track and uh, we won't have these. It'll come. Tremendously high prices. So I'll, uh, when I have um, New York Bakery and Deli come in, I might have you come join us and sure. see what we can talk about with these onion rolls. See if there's anything there or if it was just the first. Well, Jim Holzmark, we were roommates at the University of Denver School of Hotel and Restaurant Management. And then I pledged a fraternity and moved into the fraternity house. But Jim is a great guy and his wife, Barbara, are very nice, great people. I don't think they're baking rolls now like their predecessors did. I mean, he was in the bakery yeah. business. Well, they um, they've been closed for a while now. Yeah. And uh, but but the son, um, he heard the show and he called in and he's going to get his parents and bring him in the studio Good. sometime. Good. Well, he he'd be he's got a lot of knowledge about the food business. Oh. And his dad was a great guy, a great restaurateur, Irv Holzmark. Well, good. Well, Toby, you got another question for him before we finish up the hour. I know we're thrown off our game a little bit with the, yeah, the with change Maryland. in format, but yeah. No, that was awesome. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat again. Yes. You know, you were very fortunate yeah, to we get had, her on. You know, I mean, just I'd flash back to when uh, Mike Murphy would have her on the show, mm-hmm. and they would just just go off on tangents and tell stories, and, and you know, they are amazing people when you don't know any of those history, and you can sit there and listen to the stories. Well, you know that <clears throat> that's what it's all about. The history, you can't change it, good or bad, right or wrong. Right. But there's so many good stories that you want to see continued and hope people listen and listen to the old stories and like it. And let's continue to do the same things. Right. Because they don't need to be fixed. Yeah. Well, you know, people talk about the good old days, but they say it in the, in the defeatist way like they're gone forever. Yeah. They you know, that we're suffering now, but... They don't have to be gone no. forever. Everything... Yeah. No, I want those onion rolls now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were, I tell you what, they were unbelievable. Yeah. Now. You okay. know what just happened? What? So the two amazing things happened. Number one, Marilyn May called in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even more amazing than that, we just had our first episode in which nobody called in about fried chicken. Is that right? <laughs> it's, it's, I love it's, it. It's, and no, we're not. We're, uh, we're closing the phone lines. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. So we're off the hook this time. No, you are. Yeah. Well, Toby, you know, at the show, we always finish the show afterwards. It's like, we got to go. When, when, what's your schedule look like this? We got to go get fried chicken. <laughs> no, onion rolls. Oh, now it's onion rolls? Yes, yeah. yes. You know, see, I want to talk to the people involved to find out, you know, is was that just memorable because it was the first time they had that, or was that onion roll really so, so just absolutely amazing? It, I can tell you, if... You carried a bag of them home in your car, yeah. or your car smelled like onions for a couple oh. of days, and they were that good. All right, they all right, that, that solves good. that. Okay. So now, now we got to figure out how to make them. Yes, that's you by next Saturday. Oh, that, that's not. I happening. want a sample next Saturday. Uh, it's not happening. Yeah. That he yeah. thinks. I he thinks we can just recreate recipes just well, by sure. snapping your fingers. And a lot of trial and error all when right. you're trying yeah. to recreate. Okay. If you don't Say have goodbye. a recipe, G- goodbye, Jim. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun, yeah. Jim. I like you. <laughs> Toby, you're all right, too. All right. <laughs> Bye. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.